Are you an artist or manager that's looking for guidance on how to build your career? If so, make sure to check out our Instagram page at Studio Talk Co. to book a one-on-one call with me, Murph, to talk about your career and how I can help. This is Brian Hobbs, VP of Streaming and Sales at Rock Nation. Cool, man. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, we, we've known each other for, for a while now. So I was thinking back to, uh, you know, when we, when we first met each other. I think it was like 2011 or 2012. So, you know, glad, yeah. uh, glad we could finally make this happen. <laughs> yeah, it's been, a, it's been a minute, man. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I've been doing merch for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. man. So I'm, glad, I'm glad we're still connected and still rolling, man. I'm yeah, ab- absolutely, man. And, and glad to hear everything's going well uh, personally and professionally and, and, you know, you're staying safe and healthy during, during these crazy times as well. But, um, but yeah, so just wanted to kind of jump right into things and, and, you know, we could just start right at the top. Um, you know, so, you know, you've worked at a whole bunch of different spots during your career, Cornerstone, uh, you know, Capitol Records, RCA, just to name a few, but you know, yeah. just, if you don't mind, just spend a couple of minutes telling, uh, telling everybody how you got your start in, in the music and, and advertising we'll say well, yeah so. yeah so i basically got my start um i was uh wrapping up my senior year at long Valley university in brooklyn um and i was just fascinated by the music industry so i went to a show uh called the brooklyn hip-hop festival i saw like little brother performing and i was just kind of wondering like you know you know little brother was one of my favorite groups at the time i was kind of wondering how do you put that, you know, who put this on? And it has to be some sort of business behind it because I paid to go there. Uh, so I'm like, who gets the money? You know, saying like, how does, like, how does, how do they get these premier artists to this show and all that good stuff? So I kind of did my research, contacted uh, people at Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival. Uh, Wes Jackson was, um, was the head of the festival. And he had a, another arm to his company called the Room Service Group, uh, which was like a marketing and, it was like a marketing and uh, advertising arm. Um, so basically, record labels hired them to to work their projects on the online marketing side. Where back then it was like MySpace and and um, a bunch of other like social media uh, social media outlets and then blogs as well was like kind of emerging at the time. So uh, they hired me as an intern. Uh, eventually hired me onto the team, um, and you know it kind of just went from there, man. And just you know I learned the the online marketing game and. You know, I just jumped from one company to another, uh, you know, to where I see, you know, my value of knowledge fit. So uh, that's pretty much how I got my start. Nice. And uh, like you were saying, you've, you've been at a bunch of different spots and, and worked on, you know, small campaigns to, to really big, you know, national, international campaigns. So, uh, mm-hmm. so I got to ask, what's, uh, what's the most memorable, memorable campaign or project that you've worked on so far? Uh, I would say the most uh, memorable, um, I would honestly say when I was working at RCA, I worked on Bryson Tiller's first album, uh, mm. Trap Soul, uh, only because, only I, I say this because, you know, I've I seen it, I've seen when he was like absolutely, like he was kind of nobody, nobody knew what he looked like and, you know, his, his, his career was just like kind of up and coming. And we all kind of felt it. And then the music alone was just like, it, it kind of stood on its own uh, to the point where it was no kind of creative, like it was no wild creative marketing ideas. It was just simply the music kind of spoke on his own. Uh, Bryson, you know, he, you know, you, you kind of felt the groundswell. He did a show, he did one show at SOBs in New York 
And I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was, I forget the name, I forget the venue out here on Sunset in L.A. But um, he did sell two venues, and he sold out two nights. And, again, it was, like, simply all word of mouth. And, you know, for me, I was working in digital marketing at the time. And, you know, when I, you know, when we looked at analytics, we were just blown away by, like, just how many people were engaged uh, with Bryson just off of one song they put on SoundCloud. Um, so that alone, that project alone was just like one of my favorites because it allowed me to work closely with Bryson. Um, and then me and the RCA team just kind of like work and locked in together to get the project out. Cause it was kind of like a, a fan demand type of project. People really wanted that project to come out and we, you know, we pretty much gave it to them. So, uh, definitely one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, th- those, those are the best times, right? When you're working with somebody who's like so new and so fresh and no one knows them and the music really just speaks for itself and then just like you said there's there's no real like oh man we had you know all this money behind it we did some crazy special thing and it was just like now we put it out and we just you know pushed it to the right people and they accepted it it was it it was an organic organic push it was nothing fake about what what we did with that campaign and you know what uh, you know, again, it didn't, it didn't require a lot. And, you know, sometimes people, sometimes people favorite campaign is when it requires the most, right? We're like, you think about an artist like, you think about artists like Future or, or, you know, all these like bigger artists where they're doing like these huge activations and like, that's a lot. And it's like, yeah, for those sort of artists in that, in that caliber, yeah, like activations work. But with Bryson, it was just more so like, it was just like the people the people led the way. It was not like the record label we had. We had a lot to do with it, but at the same time, it was more so the music was so good that the people demanded it, and they, it was word of mouth. And yeah. you know, again, like it was, it was a really, it was a really like uh, ground, it was a really grassroots campaign that we ran around Bryson in that in that, in that uh, album release. Yeah, man, that, that that's dope. That's dope. Um, well, I appreciate sharing that. Um, so yeah, now I kind of just want to talk about, you know, a little bit, you know, pick your brain a little bit more about, um, you know, some specific, you know, topics and, and, you know, get your thoughts and, and feedback on it. Um, before we jump into that, I think, you know, kind of a, a way to set, you know, the scene and provide a little bit of context is, you know, you mentioned your role at Rock Nation is the, the VP of streaming and sales. What exactly mm-hmm. is that? Can you explain kind of like what your day to day looks like? Uh, so basically, you know, my day to day is is pretty much uh, just constant, like constant contact with uh, the DSP. So talking um, on a regular to Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Amazon, Pandora, uh, and the other host of DSPs that we you know that we uh, distribute our music to. Um, I'm I'm the point I'm the point person at Rock Nation label when it comes to if an artist gets playlisted and you know I like I, I see it's playlisted I contact the artist make sure that the artist is posting on their social media thanking the DSPs I'm also kind of overseeing like you know playlist initiatives when it comes to uh, UG playlist initiatives when it comes to artists like creating their own playlists and putting it up on the on, on the titles and the Spotify's and the whole nine. Um, and then, like, and pretty much my day is like meetings, man. It's just like, like running down like strategy, DSP strategy. How can we, you know, how can we be better in the space? How can we be more present? How do we, you know, what I'm saying every artist requires a certain amount of attention. Um, 
in a certain amount of, you know, a certain amount of like unique, like a unique marketing campaign. So I'm working with our team to kind of create those unique marketing campaigns that cater back to certain DSPs. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much my day to day. It's like basically working internally in our nation to kind of like help craft marketing, marketing ideas, and then at the same time taking those marketing ideas, implement them across the board, showing that the DSPs that we're doing, like the, what we're executing in hopes that we get any sort of like uh, playlisting or social media love or just overall editorial support from the partners. Got it, got it, cool. Um, I think within that, you, you, there's so many different things that you do. It's, you know, it's about maintaining relationships, but also uh, oh, yeah. making sure the strategy's on point and, and making sure that you can actually relay that message to your contacts at the DSPs. Uh, so I kind of want to talk about the strategy piece for a second. Um, what do you what do you think some key metrics are um, for up and coming artists to pay attention to? Right, like obviously um, plays is is the basic one, right? Oh, the song has you know five hundred thousand yeah. plays. That's basic. Is yeah. there anything else that you think um, people should really be paying attention to or really trying to grow on their own as they're as they're just starting out? Yeah, no, for sure. I think, like you said, plays is plays is a big one. I would I would also uh, be be mindful of engagement. Um, when you're looking at a song, you see uh, a million plays, but you have two thousand likes on the song. Like that's not really good engagement. Like you want to make sure that that ratio um, of you know depend and it also depends on which platform too. It's like SoundCloud. If you have a million plays, you you ideally you want to have about thirty thousand likes on the song. Um, so, you know, you want to keep that, you know, you want to keep that ratio, um, you know, it, it kind of, you know, just, just and it, all, and it really all depends too on the artist and kind of where your fan base is too. Like somebody can like, a, like an artist is about a song and a million people can listen, but don't nobody know who the artist is. So therefore you're not going to get a lot of, uh, a, a, a ton of engagement. Um, but you, but you want to make sure that engagement kind of matches like the level of artists that you are. Let's say, for instance, too, another metric that we look at a lot uh, on the Spotify side, we think because they do such a great job on like delivering the, delivering us these metrics uh, within their Spotify for Artists tool, uh, we take a look at um, algorithmic plays. That's, that's a big one because what's, what's happening uh, on the algorithmic plays is Spotify identifying who, like, who, which fan would like your music. So, Basically, and then when you go to Spotify and you see like what artists that you're being compared to, that comes from the algorithmic play because when they hear the song and the, you know the, the the AI system at Spotify recognizes it sounds like a Trippy Red song, then he's gonna put he's gonna put your music up against Trippy Red fans, and you know if that comes back as like you know that's over indexing, that means that you know those Trippy Red fans are connecting with. So therefore, it helps you kind of create a bigger strategy outside of the the stratosphere of Spotify uh, when it comes to like advertising and, and, and who you know who you want to like how you tag your videos and tag your music when you upload it at SoundCloud. Um, so it helps you kind of create a better strategy. Um, another metric that we look for, um, another metric that we that we often look for too, and some of our artists get playlisted is. You know how high up are you on the playlist, and how many plays will that get you? Because um, if you're on a playlist, you you know the playlist has 100 slots, and you're at 99, you're not going to get so many plays. But if you're at the number one slot, you get a lot of plays. And the the the, the simple 
the simple way of staying on the playlist is to make sure you have a, you know, an activity going on that's driving people back to platform. Uh, I say that when it, activity can mean anything. Activity can mean that you you sold out four nights in your hometown. If you're an upcoming artist, you sold out four nights in your hometown, and all of a sudden you kind of have this groundswell where you are, right? And Spotify sees that, especially if you have somebody talking to Spotify. You know, they will see it uh, even more. But when Spotify see that groundswell, they start to put you into more algorithm playlists. Uh, algorithm playlists and Spotify is, is like the release radar, your daily mix, and things like that. But when that starts to over-index, what starts to happen is you start now to get on like mood playlists. So um, on, on Spotify, the mood playlist is um, it's fresh finds, uh, fire emoji for rappers, and it's fresh finds R&B for for R&B artists. Um, and then it's, they have a bunch of other fresh finds playlists. So that starts happening at Spotify. Uh, another metric that we pay attention to on the Apple side is Shazam. Uh, Shazam was acquired by Apple, so therefore all that stuff is um, is all wrapped up into the Shazam, uh, our Apple for Artists tool. Uh, so we go in there, we look at where where are people listening at. Like that's a really simple tool to take advantage of. Just know what people are listening. It's so valuable because again, it shows that groundswell. If you did that. If you did that show that sold out four nights, then we should be seeing over indexing in your hometown of Shazam. So that's another one that we, we pay close attention to. Yeah, and, and all great, like super detailed insights. So I appreciate you sharing. For those listening that don't necessarily know how to access this stuff, you want to set up your own um, artist profiles, right? You manage them on the back end, and that's where you'll get a bunch of this information from Spotify and, and Apple. I believe it's just artist.spotify.com. You go in there and you create your profile, and then you know you uh, you claim your artist page. But yeah, just like you yeah. were saying, Hobbs, I think. All that stuff is is super super important. One thing I, I really like to to let people know too is like especially when you're when you're coming up, that piece of um, you know like you said going to an artist page, right? Um, I, I think of like ways to kind of uh, look at bigger artists and um, you know uh, be able to tap into their audience, and it's like. You know, hey, if you're trying to work with, with somebody on Dreamville, for instance, right? Like clearly like J. Cole is probably out of range, right? And that's probably not the best person mm -hmm. to, to work with for a collab. But if you go to his page and you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see similar artists, right? And then yep. I, I say that's a great spot to like try and pick you know, uh, a collaborator, right? And hey, Boz might be too big for you, but click on his profile and scroll down to the bottom. You'll start to find those people that are a little bit more attainable to you. And then exactly. just like you said, start to, you know, try and find ways to work with them so you can get a collab going. And then, you know, when you start to, to work that record and you start to uh, pitch it back to Spotify, there's, you know, they can point to something and, and then hopefully, yeah. just, you know, the algorithm can pick that up and, and work to your benefit. Yeah, and then just just pay attention to the 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 uh, monthly the monthly listener number too at Spotify. Um, yeah. You know, and pay attention to that, and then also the the amount of followers that person has. Like, you know, that monthly number and that follower number a good a good kind of you know a good kind of in between like thirty percent. You want to make sure you have, you know, if you have like three hundred thousand followers, you want to I mean three hundred thousand listeners, you want to like. You know, you want to try to get up there towards that. Like, I don't even say 30. 30 is probably too high, but like 15 to 20 percent. Um, uh, you know, of, of what you a follower you should have versus your monthly listener. So you know, and then just look at the other persons, right? If they have a higher number than you, then it only makes sense because again, like they're hitting algorithms that they're in the hundreds of thousands. 
you know what I'm saying, and just, you know, and, and just obviously pay attention to their followership too. But, yeah, you're completely right on that. Like, you should definitely keep scrolling through, scrolling through and see who those artists are that, that's coming up that's being compared to your favorite artists. Yep, definitely. Definitely. So uh, going back to the strategy piece for a second, um, you know, what's given that you've worked on, on a whole bunch, as we mentioned, you know, what is, do you have a specific process for when you start a brand new album or campaign? You know, how do you think, you know, up and coming artists should go about developing ideas for, for a new campaign? Yeah, I would, I would honestly say, you know, I think sometimes uh, people get so caught up on the marketing, right? You have to really understand, what the music is, what the music is representing, and who is it speaking to, right? We, we, you have to start with the music because that's what this music, that's what the industry is. It's the music industry, so you have to take take a step back, listen to listen to the music that you made, like, and really kind of develop concepts around it. Um, you know, if it's a conceptual album, it's easy for you to do that. But if it's like you just putting out eleven songs, it's kind of like, all right, well, let me just see what all the, all this means. Um, and then I would just start to pull little concepts away from it and then just kind of figuring out, you know, who, do, who, do, who how do these concepts relate to, to a certain audience and trying to figure out who that audience is. I know for me, um, a lot of time I would sit with a project and I would just say like, oh, okay, I can definitely see this. I can definitely see this person's fan listening to this. So let me start to like look at what this person has done in the past and kind of comparing like, Oh, when they were kind of at this level, this is what they were doing, and this is who you know, this is who they were working with. So then you start to pull out like, oh yeah, this brand has the same sort of, uh, sort of like affinity, fan affinity that I have. So trying to contact brands who you know, brands and you know, um, different companies who may have the same affinity as you have. Like for instance, um, I have a good friend named David Thompson who has a company who does this. <laughs> and it's like, it, he pulls these things, he pulls this whole report out based on like, this is people who follow you on Instagram. He pulls the report out just basically saying like, here's who, here's your, here's the artist that you'd be compared to. Here's the brands that, you know, who, who have a crazy overlap on, you know, b between your Instagram and their, and their Instagram. And then you can kind of build out, you kind of build out, you know, like who you should be targeting, uh, there, but then you know, then you gotta think about it too. It's like, all right, cool. So once I build out all these different concepts and identify who you know who I can work with, you gotta think about, okay, so how do I get on certain outlets? Uh, like say, like press outlets. So how do I contact a billboard if that makes sense, or how do hip hop if that makes sense? Because those people still get traffic. I know people like to say blogs are dead, but there's still a ton of traffic coming to like certain. Um, certain websites. So, and then Fader obviously is one of them complex with another. So it's just kind of figuring out how do you get there as well, because those are two huge drivers when it comes to, you know, what people are paying attention to at DSP to get playlisted. Um, I know once I get Fader, I know I can take that back to a person at Spotify, a person at Apple Pandora and say like, oh, look, we got Fader. And you're like, oh, that's dope. Well, you must be on somebody's radar. Now you're on ours. Let's playlist them. So, you know, just kind of building out all those different strategies. Once you get the concept down, you can start identifying identifying the, the, the fan, identifying who the fan loves and what else what else do the fan love besides, you know, before they even start loving you. Uh, identifying, you know, where your music can live at in the press space. Um, and then, you know, just kind of from there, it's just like, 
Now we're ready to roll. Let's just start putting it out. Let's start contacting people. You want to do that for like at least like three, I'll say two months, two months ahead of time uh, before a project comes out or a single. Uh, because you kind of take that, you know, you may want to take account for people that's not, you know, that's not hitting you back right away. You want to make sure that you're hammering it away and kind of just setting it up correctly. So that's, yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, I think that last point is is super important. A lot of people, especially when you first start out, you're just so giddy and you're kind of wet behind the ears. You don't really take time to think about um, how long the the project actually lasts if you don't prep for that, right? Like, well, I'm sure this happened to you when you first started out working with some small people. <clears throat> I know it happened with me where it was like, oh yeah, you, you spend all this time making a project and then you put it out and then like a week later it's crickets and you're like, oh man, what? What happened? Why didn't right. we do X, Y, and Z? And it's really just about not giving yourself enough prep time, just like you were saying. Like, have the project done or the songs done, however you want to do it, <clears throat> and and give yourself that time to start to reach out to these outlets to, uh, you know, try and tap in to to get those press looks because, uh, yeah, people if especially if you're just starting out, people aren't going to hit you back right away because they don't know you. Yet. Oh. So it's like, don't yeah. be offended by that. Just understand your position in the game and understand what, you know, you've got, you, you're going to have to do something to make yourself stand out. So if anything, that, that shouldn't be a deterrent. It should just be a motivator. Like, okay, I got to come with it like super creative then. Like, how can I reach out to these people? I always think of like unique ways to, uh, to, to reach out to DSPs or press people. And it's like, yeah, I've done stuff recently. That's just like super old school, but no one does it anymore. Like sending you know, food or sending a bottle to an office and be like, hey, oh, yeah. you know, I would love to, Absolutely. you know, if, if you could review our thing. It's like, think about how many people don't do that anymore. Everyone thinks they could just send an email and it's, it's good to go. So it's like, just try and yeah. find those clever ways to like stand out and like, hey, people might not, you know, respond to you, but if they do, that could be a huge break. And, and just like you said, you can then leverage that yeah. to Spotify or Apple Music. And then that's when things start to, you know, start to really move for you. Um, and it's not hard to find these people online. It is right. really not hard. A quick Google search will, and will reveal all information, <laughs> except for their home address. But everything else, you can pretty much just do a quick Google search on who runs Apple Music, Hip Hop, playlist. Like yep. it, is, it will pop right up, I guarantee you. Yep. I mean, there, there's that. And it's like, even if their email doesn't pop up, it's like their, their social media pops up and a lot of people put their contact info right in the social media you know, and, um, you know, if you do jump into the DMs, just, just be polite and professional, you know what I mean? And, and ask questions, yeah. don't, don't demand stuff that people are just like, yo, listen to my stuff. It's like, ah, ugh, ah. I don't know you yeah. ask the question, build the relationship. Um, so yeah. And this volume, they, they deal with volume, man. It yep. gets so much every day. So yep. gotta be exactly. mindful of that. Definitely. I want to switch gears a little bit and just talk about, you know, kind of what we're dealing with currently with the, with the coronavirus um, and, and just get your take on this. But, you know, what do you think artists should be um, doing or thinking about when it comes to creating content now? Like we're, you know, a few weeks into this whole process and um, you know, it's kind of ladders up on my next question. So I'll just, uh, I'll couple them together, but you know, a lot of people are, are going on IG Live, not like literally everyone is, pretty much all the time throughout the entire day. Um, everybody's going on IG Live. Um, obviously, that's becoming a little overcrowded at this point. So just kind of curious your take on like what you think about IG Live and what you think about um, how artists should be thinking about the content to create during this time. Like it, should they still kind of wait and see 
uh, because we are still kind of in early stages of, of this lockdown period or should they just like let it rip and just start producing a bunch of stuff as much as they can to, to kind of see what sticks? Okay, I, I, I'm a super believer of, um, you know, I would say like more, more is better in this situation. Uh, only I say that because you know you still you still have an audience to cater to. It, even though, you, like you said, it may be oversaturated with people going on IG live, but you still can carve out your corner of of creativity, right? But that's gonna that's gonna carve out a corner of fans that might be gravitating towards your creativity. You still you still gotta play the beat. You still gotta play ball. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of what everybody's doing and, and everybody's you think that there's no idea new under the sun, then create your you know, create something that, that may look like somebody else's, but it is gonna be your own unique thing because it's your music. Like every like everybody is not doing the same thing. You're like everybody's going to IG live, but that doesn't mean they're playing the same song and doing the same concepts. So it's just about finding that creative uh, that creative concept that's gonna you know it's gonna help you drive traffic because if you, in the day if you have ten followers and you have four people in IG live you win so <laughs> you still yeah. gotta look at it like that um, so I, I think honestly with the with this whole uh, coronavirus thing and what I've seen uh, you know just sitting where I sit at in my position and then working with DSP like they're even doing you know they're even doing IG live performances title you know sent the whole deck about uh, you know, what artists can be doing on their IG live, but they have like an at home with title type thing where artists just sit in their bedroom and just play their songs, play covers, play whatever. Uh, I was, I, I think right now creativity is at an all time high because um, you have people with just kind of like no guidelines no more. It's not, it's not saying, it's not like, you know, artists being on a promo tour and saying like, yo, you have to go to this, you have to go perform over here, go perform over here, and then you're doing a radio show over here. Is more so like you have time on your hands. Like, what will you do as a creative with time on your hands? You should, you can, you should, you should be able to come, become more creative. Um, uh, I, just to true. just to jump in there quick, like I love, uh, I love that point right there at the end. Like, it it really is. I, I I think the same thing. I think it's really about that. Now is the time to be creative. And uh, Questlove had a had a great like chapter in his book about creativity that was like. Um, you have to you have to get bored right and and nowadays it's so hard to do because we have so many distractions and you're you know you think you're doing stuff but you're really not and he's like it's okay to be bored because when you get bored and when you have that much time on your hands you know that's when you're forced to be creative because you need to you know uh, for lack of a better phrase like you need to learn how to make believe like you were when you were a little kid you're like playing pretend like you have to it forces you to to get into that mindset and i think this is another version of that right everyone's like locked down and it's like we're almost forced to uh think outside the box and and i think it's if everyone is doing live just like you said it's about trying to remix it so that it's slightly different you know you're not reinventing the wheel you're just putting your little your twist on it that that makes it unique and and if you have people coming to it then you know it's it's worth continuing to do it Exactly, exactly. So that and that's how I look at it. It's like, you know, even as an up and coming artist, you have to still like again, you have to still play ball. Like it's just no ways around it. If you're you're thinking that your idea is too much like anyone else's, it's really not because you're doing you're playing different things, you you might be saying different things, you just want to make sure you're catering to your audience. Yeah, and um, you have to go through that to see if that's true. 
you know what I mean? Like you have to do the yeah, thing to sure. like see if that idea works or if it doesn't. And then that'll, and if, because if you don't do that, you're not going to get to that idea that you need or that will work. Um, so yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing too about that, what, what I think is, is unique is um, hopefully we'll see a shift um, with what our internet looks like there's this i'm drawing a blank on on the name of it but there's an app um that's in china that's kind of like a mix between like twitch and instagram live um where you know artists perform like over there this is commonplace where like people watch artists perform uh live regularly and then within this app you're able to tip the users, you know what I mean? And tip the, the uh, yeah. performers. So like, I think hopefully um, something like that will emerge over here because once that does, um, you know, it's then going to make more sense to, to continue to go live. Right. Because now people can throw you five cents or 10 cents or a dollar every, however many minutes or whatever. And then you can start to really generate some money, but all the more reason for doing it now. Right. Because if you wait until that's actually here, you're going to have to still start from scratch. And those people that have been building up an audience are already, you know, a leg or two above you. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, and I honestly would say, you know, when it comes to that, I, I, like, I think uh, routine and then honestly, like, the more you do it, the more engagement you want to see. Yep. Like, you have to, you have to find a routine. You got to find what's the right time for you to, to go on Instagram Live or to put up, like, an IG performance, to go on, you know, Facebook and, and you know, to find, you know, you got, you got to find out when your audience is there and you got to keep a routine. If you keep a routine, I guarantee you, at the end of that, when you start, you know, your fourth or fifth one, you're going to start seeing more people uh, streaming to the street, will come and see you uh, perform or whatever, whatever it is that you're doing on your uh, social For sure. Um, you know, I, I had these questions written out uh, for a while for us. And so, uh, this last one doesn't necessarily apply right now, but I think it's um, a great food for thought at this point in the game because once, uh, you know, the, this lockdown period is over, you know, it's going to be back in the action. You know, it's going to be back in the mix and, and people should be thinking about it. But, you know, do you think that artists and managers should only focus on digital concepts or should it be a mix of, of digital and real life? Um, you know, activations or, or, you know, any sort of campaigns. Uh, again, now we're, we're, we're only able to be digital, but um, yeah. also not necessarily, right? You know, you're seeing all these different things pop up with teachers, uh, you know, doing parades in their, you know, school districts, neighborhood to say hello to kids and stuff like that. I mean, like what, um, you know, I, how do you think um, people should be focusing on digital and, um, you know, in, in real life activations or campaigns? Yeah, I think, man, honestly, you know, with with what's going on right now, uh, I think digital obviously has become way more, way more important. And I think once we're kind of through this, it's still going to be very important. The concert industry took a huge hit on this, right? Well, they're, they're not going to just bounce back and, and it's going to be a ton of opportunities for, you know, up-and-coming artists or even mid-level artists right now because, again, it just, it just took too much of a hit. Uh, so I think the digital aspect is going to be way more important. But, you know, in real life, stuff is not all touring. A lot of it is. Uh, you know, it, it's still a way that, you know, you, could, you should be out there 
you know, grabbing people from your city and, and creating kind of like those evangelists that, that can go around and spread your name, uh, you know, through word of mouth, uh, whether that be, you know, whether that be, you know, doing just creative things, like maybe shutting down your favorite pizza shop and doing a performance in here. Like maybe you're from a town of 200 people, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe, maybe 100 come out and then all of a sudden you have, you have like that ground sweat that I speak about. Um, so it's still very important that you're thinking about, you know, in real life activations. Um, obviously, you know, our social behavior as humans have changed so since all this coronavirus stuff. So you still got to be mindful and, and, and sensitive to, to, you know, what the times are. Um, but still very important. Right now, digital is pretty much the way I think it's going to be over the next, like, year or so. Um, so just find those activities on, you know, your socials and, and doing things that, you know, that, that grab fans on your socials is still super important. So this was a little more important, but you still have to find that mix. Once we get back to to, to whatever we call a normal life after this, you still have to find that mix of, of digital and in real life stuff. Because those those people on the ground mean so much. Like those people that's gonna come onto your show by March and and kind of be a real fan is so much. Like in, in real fans, you know, are those unique ones that you should be catering to, and those are the people that are gonna you know going to touch and or those are going to be those are people those are people that's going to be more uh in tune with what you're doing on the ground versus what you're doing um, on social media definitely um so i want to ask you this too just just on a personal tip what's like um what's a great what do you think is a great case study of you know or maybe your most favorite recent uh you know campaign um you know kind of I guess going back to probably at least last year, you know, nothing's really popped um, too much this year, but yeah. What's, what's like your most favorite uh, campaign uh, over the last couple of years from an artist that you thought just really hit on like all cylinders from something that was digital or, may, or maybe it started out as like a, in real life activation, but it was, it just had um, such a great digital component that it was easy to, to scale up on, on social once, once it kind of hit. Yeah. Um, I would say, I would like, and this is this is something that's totally not even. This is not even like in the world of music, but uh, and I and I, I knew this question was coming, so I kind of wrote <laughs> this down. Uh, but I think my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite digital activations is from Rick and Morty, uh, Cartoon Network, two thousand fifteen, five years ago. But <laughs> I have not seen anyone do this uh, online ever. They created alternate worlds on Instagram. Mm. Um, so basically what they did, they started from the Rick and Morty page, put up one photo, um, and then tagged like already put up one photo and tagged kind of like a couple different other Instagram pages, uh, which led to which led to another like another Instagram page, but had like maybe two photos up there. And one photo was kind of like uh, like it showed like clouds. <laughs> And then the other photos show like people kind of like waving under a cloud, and then you click on that person. He was all like characters on Rick and Morty that season, and yeah. uh, you click on that, and you click on that, and then you t it takes you to when you click on you click on click on that, and it takes you to like three other tags, and then one tag you kind of like learn about like that town and that character, and then the other two tags takes you to another universe that where you see where you see another character, and then uh, it's kind of like it just keeps going. And they had like 25 universes. 
I mean, I was literally caught yeah. in the thing for like an hour and a half. <laughs> um, and obviously that leads to that that leads to online. I mean, that leads offline to where physical people actually sit and watch the show. Uh, and I'm not sure what off, uh, offline activation that they had um, there. But uh, I can also tell you one too. Um, Miguel, when I was at RCA, or maybe a little bit after I was at RCA, Miguel did this thing. Um, he had like this hotel, I forget the name of what they called the hotel, but he did activations like in New York, LA, and I forget the last city, maybe Miami, uh, where he kind of, he named the hotel like after one of his albums or then one of the themes albums or something like that. And basically he kind of started like the whole idea on so online and on his socials. And then when the album came out, he kind of made the idea come to life. So he was just really just sharing kind of like creative art pieces. Uh, but the, when you go into this hotel, there's like different rooms with like all those different creative art pieces came that actually came to life. Um, so it was actually really dope. And it was kind of like right up the lane of kind of like what Miguel did as an artist. Um, you know, this, this, you know, highly sexual R&B artist. And the, the hotel was kind of like themed kind of like after that, like had big, huge lips and things like that. So it was, it was actually pretty dope to see it come to life. Cause I was like, on the tail end of working at RCA when they was kind of cre creating the concept of it. Um, and then when it actually came to life, I, was, uh, I wasn't there anymore, but I actually ended up going to the, to the activation. It was like, it was pretty dope. Okay, I got a couple months and then it was up. That, that's cool, man. I, I love that, that Rick and Morty idea. I think somebody else did that too for, for something, something similar to that. I forget what it was, but, but I came across that. I don't even know if it was a music thing. It may have been, um, you know, just like you said, like, you know, a TV show or something like that. But I, I love that idea of kind of like the Easter eggs and developing these other worlds and universes that people like those diehard fans can really get into. Yeah. It was and, crazy. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like what, what Gambino did a few years back with uh, Because of the Internet, you know what I mean? Like he wrote a whole script yeah. for like a movie and, you know, it has all these, you know, hidden nuggets and Easter eggs inside it. And it's just cool when you when someone can spend that uh, amount of time and, and attention to detail on something very specific and then you see it come to life and then it hits and people like see it and respect it. And, it, and uh, yeah, for yeah. those diehard people, it just – it ties you even tighter to that project because it wasn't just like you listened to a song one time it was like you were in this you were you know taken to another universe like you were saying yeah and i think another one too that i like over the past like year um is amazon and this is obviously not an artist but the amazon did the whole rap like thing i'm not sure if you saw that maybe i was like yeah i was thinking it was about a year ago um amazon did the rap life uh launch of the playlist rap life so basically what they did was they created a commercial for like an instagram like an instagram commercial like all these different artists and they were all like in one room and it was like a house party and like yeah, it was just that, kind of right? it was just wild to see yeah and then they just they brought that and then they did like a physical activation um and they invited like some of the artists to come perform and you know they, and they continue to do physical activations too around rap life well uh, with the same artists that they had in the room that day so i think that was pretty cool that kind of like not necessarily broke the internet, but it was kind of like one of those things where it was like, yo, really, what is, what is this? What is the Amazon rap life? But it ended up being like a playlist launch. Like, so I've never seen a playlist launch like that. But it was yeah. Really yeah. Really cool when, um, you know, music isn't necessarily, uh, you know, your only product, you know what I mean? It's almost like a loss leader for them where they're, you know, 
they, they make so much money that they can, you know, still uh, create stuff around it, which is great for us as music fans and, and, you know, people within the industry, it like gives us another outlet to, to connect to people. So, yeah, I, I think that, yeah, exactly. that, I think that came out. Um, yeah. I think they did something big. That was like the Super Bowl. It was a Super Bowl commercial or like an NBA finals commercial or yeah. something. And I remember it, it was, was something like Try to make it pretty yeah. big. Yeah. But yeah, that was dope. But, um, cool, man. We're, we're coming down to time here. So, you know, just, just had a couple of, you know, quick kind of personal questions for you, but, uh, but yeah, man, what are you, you know, what are you working on that, that you're excited about? Uh, right now working on like pretty much all of, you know, all the rock nation stuff. Um, super excited about this J electronic album we just put out. Um, yeah. super excited about some of our up and comers. Um, Ombre is, is, is up and coming on the artist. She's super dope from New Orleans. Uh, AC been dope. Like I love, love his music. He's from Brooklyn. You should check him out. Um, trying to think of who else. But yeah, just just super dope about like those those particular artists and like just the whole roster in general, man. Like and then just what we have coming, um, you know, just as a as a label and what we what, what we're working on. So I'm just just super excited for that. Nice. Yeah, definitely. I was glad to see the the J Elect one come to life. Uh, finally. Uh, but yeah, man, this has been a repeat for sure. So, and, uh, yeah, it's cool, man. Appreciate it. Um, and then, you know, where can, uh, if you're down, uh, where can people get at you if, if they're looking to, uh, you know, try and do some business with you or pick, or pick your brain, you want to shout out the socials. If, if you're down for yeah. that, I know not everybody wants to, so it's totally cool. <laughs> <if not. laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It just, it's, it's weird for me, but I'm, I'm at Ryan house. This is simply my name. There you go. There it is. Instagram super private. Only family only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, and then lastly, this is kind of my Jesus Amaro question. Um, you know, what would the name of your personal playlist be? Man, that's a good question. That's one I didn't think about. Um, man, I don't know. I'm from Detroit, so I got to like, I got to rep. So maybe like this 313 day or something like that. Like, yeah. As simple as that. 313 day. I knew I wasn't going to bring up Detroit. I wanted you to bring it in. And I was like, definitely got to talk about Detroit at some point. So I'm, I'm going to give him the alley-oop. But, oh. uh, but yeah, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, but, hey, man, I appreciate the time once again. And, and um, you know, everything you talked about today, man, is just super insightful. And, and I know um, the people that listen to this are definitely going to find a lot of value in that. And, uh yeah, man, can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your day to, to, to hop on for a couple of minutes. Yeah, no, I definitely appreciate you, Mark, man. We'll definitely uh, definitely be chopping it up, man, in the future. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk soon and stay safe and, and stay healthy. And, uh, you know, congrats on the, on the recent wedding and, and all that good stuff, man. And, and yeah, just, just keep fucking killing it out there, man. Love, love to see you get those wins. All right, bro, same, man, same. I'll, I'll speak soon. All right, man, take care. All right, peace. Peace.